Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to gather together, friends as family, to be inspired by your story through our lives, through Scripture. We just ask that through today's conversations and teaching and just our entire experience together here at Bloom, each of us leave inspired to look at the Lenten season ahead of us differently, inspired to live a life of love that brings your kingdom of heaven here to earth. We just ask that each of us just find a way through today's gathering to be closer to one another and closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Nice to see you all this morning. Um, This is the Sunday before the Lenten season starts, and so I wanted to talk about fasting and Lent a little bit. It's a practice that we started um, kind of doing together at Bloom maybe four years ago. I think this is probably our fourth, third or fourth Lenten season. It's tapping into some... uh, Christian roots that um, really help us bring a couple important seasons into our year. There's feasting and fasting kind of seasons, those celebration seasons and seasons to reflect and to mourn. Advent being the celebration feasting season, this being the more fasting, uh, reflection, mourning season. Um, Last year, 2017, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was able to take sabbatical, seven weeks off to reflect and look at things differently. Amy and I went to Costa Rica for five weeks, um, and it wasn't just vacation. We really had planned out um, periods of reflection, a book that we went through with a hundred different questions to help us really rethink things, look at things different. Um, But besides that, we were still eating and enjoying company of friends and all that, but there was something about taking a season and really intentionally looking at it as something different, a season of growth, a season of reflection of something different that just um, was amazing to come away from. Now, yes, um, for the most part, we're, we weren't have to, to work during that same time period and you're, you're, you're cut away, so it's a little different than the Lenten season where we still have our jobs to do and things, but there's something, I think, super important to taking a season of time and saying, during this, this time, during this Lent is like 46 days or something like that. It's 40 days of fasting for the Catholics, but then they take Fridays off or something, so there's an extra, extra Friday thrown in there. But uh, it's the period right up to Easter so that we can reflect on what Jesus has done and not just the suffering he went through for us because his love was so great, but why and who he suffered for, the people that are nearest and dearest to his heart, and how can we tap into that more. And there's some great spiritual heritage that's, that's happened that I think we can find our own unique way. If we're looking on the inside, looking at the Holy Spirit in us, what's, uh, it's going to be different for each one of us, but each of us can walk away from today or from this experience, even if you don't find it today, maybe sometime during this Lenten season with um, something, something to, to change, to look at, to do differently in your own life that will take you to a place afterwards that you will find more knowledge of yourself, more awareness of the world around us, more love in your heart, more appreciation maybe even for Easter. But I don't know about you, if you've experienced a specific period of maybe reflection when you're looking for a new job or who knows what's going on or maybe after someone you loved dearly passed away, 
But there, I think we can agree that, that, that carving out time in our life, and maybe not even just solely, but together in a group, to have for the purpose of reflection and connecting to something beyond ourselves is really important and worth our time. It's, it's not we're just talking about and being like, oh yeah, that's great. It's worth each of us reflecting as we give ideas today and talking about this. And as the messages uh, are going to reflect more towards an awareness of who Jesus loves and how to look at that different during these next few Sundays. That during these times, if we keep this open heart, we'll find ourselves learning, growing, experiencing something beautiful during this season that will really, um, again, catapult us into something different for the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm in, I would invite you all to really keep your heart open and try to grab something, even if it's the littlest thing, if you feel something on the inside, on your spirit, that says, ooh, that's, that's interesting. Until you feel something bigger, grab it as maybe being, there's something there for me that maybe I need to practice, try, We'll dialogue about this and see where it goes from here. But anyway, I want to talk about the discipline of fasting. We do these disciplines at Bloom because fasting is one of the areas that Lent is, is typically um, practiced. There's fasting, there's serving and almsgiving, and then there's the reflection or the reading or the connection to something different part are kind of the three facets it goes through. But uh, the first of the year we looked at uh, a discipline. It was five weeks ago. We usually try to keep them about six weeks apart, but I wanted to do this this Lenten one. But a reminder that these disciplines are for people who follow Jesus. We're 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 followers. We're disciples. We 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 see something in the way he patterned his life. We said there's something there. Early Christians that follow Jesus, they 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 said that they followed the way that Jesus gave this this path, this other option, this way of living that changed things. And so we intentionally go into practice together and be like, what is it like to add disciplines to our life? Is it, what have I learned from this? What observations does it bring up? What I learn about myself or others or community together? And so fasting is one of these. Um, but disciplines aren't just for someone who really thinks that they're spiritual or a spiritual giant or someone who's a minister or maybe our elder board. It's it really, the way the scriptures talk about it, it's, it's, it's nothing that's beyond our reach. It's actually important for every single one of us, everyday people, to embrace these disciplines and to see that there's something life-giving here. There's something more. This isn't just do it because I told you to or this is, um, as we all know, following Jesus is, is an invitation. It's not something that's forced upon us, but there's an invitation into something here that says, try this out, see what happens, see what goes on here. We're ordinary, we're human, we've got jobs, we've got work, we've got life that seems to overwhelm us and it says... In midst of all that, what if we just took an awareness of something else? What if we put into practice something we see in Scripture for more? Um, and it's not just um, it's not just for your growth. It's there's something about doing these things together that that all around the globe, right now, many people who call themselves followers of Jesus are tapping into the discipline of fasting serving more, this period of reflection. There's, there's a unity in all of us taking this same mind and this purpose together that just seems to be um, amazing. But disciplines aren't just for you when you're alone. It's best to even be in the midst of your work life, your relationships. This stuff seeps into everything else and not the prancing around, look at the discipline I'm doing, but the awareness it brings to each and every situation, the fight you had with your significant other last night, that whatever, what, what is this discipline we're focused on right now? How does it 
change the way I'm looking at this, reflect on it. The central idea of fasting is a voluntary denial of some otherwise normal function that we're doing in our life to make room for spiritual practice, to make room for awareness, a, a, a shifting of the normal way we do things to cause us space and even just that, that stopping and that awareness to be like, okay, what's going on? In the scriptures, we see it a lot of times done with food, but, but even it's beyond that. And even the people who are practicing today, the best of them, it's, it goes far beyond just food into other things that we're intentionally stepping back from to make room for something more spiritual or just to even jar us into an awareness of something that's going on. There's nothing wrong with eating meat if that's what you're going to get rid of or if it's a media fast or whatever. These things, it's just saying, I'm, I'm pausing from this for a time period to, to get closer to God, to get closer to God's heart for something that's going on. I know a lot of people use the Lenten season as just a great time to diet. Uh, not that we couldn't, you know, shed a few, but I think if it turns into something like that, I'm getting off track here, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but don't do it for a diet. It's, it's, this is something spiritual, this is something deeper. Don't worry about your waistline or whatever is going on here. We're, we're actually trying to tap into something together that's, that's something more. But the thing that's really amazing is when we start taking things away, if we start fasting from something and seeing what our life looks like with less or without it, it gives you new vision, new clarity on what's around you. It even shows or can expose... Um, uh, I'll use the word sin, but our gluttony at times, these moments in life where it's all about us and it's not about someone else. I think one of my favorite definitions of sin is that it's causing you to increase at the expense of someone else versus love being it's costing you something for the benefit of something, someone else. And so these periods of fasting really gets down to like, okay, I'm, I'm pulling me out of the equation here for a second to try to open my eyes to someone else, to something else, to something more that's going on around me. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi always had this saying, he said that, that people should try to live an eternal compulsory fast. This, it's just part of my life, some type of fast. I don't just always go around getting whatever I want. There's periods that are part of my regular existence where I scale back on something on purpose to learn, to reflect, to grow. We see in the scriptures, Jesus does it for 40 days. He goes into the desert without food to, uh, yes, to be tempted, but also to be strengthened by God and to find answers and to meditate and to, to, to get something before he launches into uh, the phase of his life where he's, he's consciously on mission, being the hands and feet of Jesus, working. Or being, he, okay, anyway. I don't know if you caught that, but I don't know how Jesus can be the hands and feet of Jesus as well, but... You just get so used to saying the same things, it just comes out. It's interesting, even like the Old Testament, Esther has got to go before the king, and it's going to make a bold request for her people group. And so she and her handmaids and Mordecai decide to fast for three days before this meeting because they know that the clarity and the spiritual just awareness that something will change in the air for this meeting if we take it more seriously. And so these, these periods of fasting we see, see see through scripture even times where where the author says uh results in prayers that we're hoping for or results 
of seeing something change in the world really can only happen through prayer and fasting. These times of getting serious with our spirituality and carving away extra room and denial of self of something to make room for something more spiritual going on. There's times in Acts when it says that the church was growing and that they they needed more help or people or deciding where to go and so they would take these times together as a gathering where they would fast together to decide, okay, this is, it's, it's Matt, he's the next one, we need to send Matt to the next city and this clarity would come from this time of fasting and being together. Um, but I think there's, there's something so much more than even just the awareness of how much we have when we're fasting. It, it really is, the Lenten season to me gets really exciting when we start to tap into the need or the heartbeat of God. Uh, our souls need these times when we change our life or enter into periods when we're looking at the people who Jesus, it's, it's God's favorite people, the people he talks about the most, his heartbeat, um, the bruised, the broken, the, dispos- uh, the dispossessed. It's, it's not coming to these people to preach to them and saying you need something, but it's to learn from them and to see what's going on. 2,100 verses are in the Bible dealing with the poor and the oppressed. 2,100 times God brings back up again, like this is what's going on. There's something here with this people group. There's something I want you to watch or something I want you to, to pay attention to. And it, it gets serious in the scriptures even. I want to read from Isaiah 58 really quick. I'm going to read and then I'm going to put the last portion that I want you to pay attention to on the screen here. So we're going to get into the Bible just a little bit because the Old Testament, Jesus is talking to, or Jesus, God divine is talking to Isaiah here about a fast, but he's going to change our mindset of what this looks like. And I want you to pay attention to this heartbeat of who God loves and cares for and is most important to him as we go through this. The vine starts talking and it says, and yet they're looking for me every day. They pretend to want to learn what I teach. And if they're indeed a nation, good and true, as if they hadn't really turned their backs on my directives, they ask me as though they care about what I want them to be and what I want them to do, as if they really want me in their lives. And so this is an emotional passage where, where God is opening up and saying, it, doesn't, you're, it seems like you're pretending to be interested in me because you want me to do things for you, but you're not really interested in what I care about. That this is a one-way relationship. This isn't something more going on. And the response from the people to divine here is, is why didn't you notice how diligently we fasted before you? We humbled ourselves with pious practices and you paid no attention is their response to God. And God responds back, I have to tell you, on those fasting days, all you were really seeking was your own pleasure. You were busy defrauding people, abusing your workers. Your kind of fasting is pointless, for it only leads to bitter quarrels, contentious backbiting, vicious fighting. We see how even the Lenten season, for many, they want to stay away from it because it is even still, fasting has turned into this something beyond what it was meant to. He says, you're not fasting today because you want to hear my voice. What kind of fast do I choose? Is a true fast simply. Not some religious exercise for making a person feel miserable or woeful. 
It isn't about how you bow your head like a bent reed or how you dress in sackcloths or where you sit in a bed of ashes. Is this what you really call a fast? Is this what you think the Eternal One finds good and proper? Is just some do it because I tell you, put yourself down, be lowly for a while. Is this what we think this is all about, this fasting period? And so he goes on here in verse 6, and this is the one I put on the screen then. He says, what I want in a fast is this, to liberate those tied down and held back by injustice, to lighten the load of those heavily burdened, to free the oppressed and shatter every type of oppression. He starts saying, if, we're, if you're connecting with me, if you want to hear my heartbeat, if you're really listening to me, this is where this needs to point. This is what this whole experience should lead us to. The Lenten experience, if we're, if we're fasting, if we're serving more, if we're having times of reflection, we need to tap into truly what God is hoping to see more of. This is what we see Jesus talking about, the kingdom of heaven that's invading the culture around us. This is God's culture. This is what he wants to see happening. In verse 7, he goes on, he says, For me, a fast involves sharing your food with people who have none. Giving those who are homeless a space in your home, giving clothes to those who need them, and not neglecting your own family. What a balance even in there to see the needs around you, but again, to not dive in so far then that we're neglecting those around us, which has actually honestly been probably my mistake many times. And I dive so far in, and the girls are like knocking you're going to come hang out. You're going to have dinner with us. We're going to spend time together. Let's not turn this into something else. And you'll see as I describe my Lenten process that I'm deciding to go into this year, there's actually some family dinners added and a game night so that even as I'm outwardly like really trying to soak in so much, I'm not neglecting those right around me and there's something special happening and there's still a reflection and a talk and it's a communal process like it's supposed to be. Matthew takes this even a step farther than this. If you can imagine God going beyond this, there's a parable that Jesus gives of the sheep and the goats, and he starts to talk about at the end of times that, that when all are assembled before God, what he's really looking for. And Jesus says to this one group, he says, you fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I needed clothes, you were there for me. And the people answer him, And they're like, Master, when did we find you hungry and give you food? When did we find you thirsty and slake your thirst? When did we find you a stranger and welcome you in? When were you naked and we clothed you? When did we find you sick and nurse you to health? When did we visit you when you were in prison? And Jesus, or the king, answers back to these people in this this parable he tells. He says, I tell you this, whenever you saw your brother or sister hungry or cold, whatever you did to the least of these, so you did to me. Then he looks at another group who says, oh, we were religious and we did all these amazing things. And he's like, really? Did you even know who I am? Because you didn't do these things. And so you thought you knew me and you thought you were doing all these things, but you missed all of this. And so we see this heartbeat of divine in these moments. Anytime you're doing something spiritual or following me, it's like if it doesn't start to point back to this, do you really know who I am? Are you really listening or really is it just about you? the comfort level you've had, a way you grew up that feels right, this feels what spirituality needs to look like, or is it bouncing back to something more? I've got some people I was reading on last Lenten season that this is a question they ask themselves every morning. Where am I feeding people who are hungry? Where am I welcoming in the strangers? Where am I doing, like, where are these things in my life? And it was a daily reflection 
is this something I'm even paying attention to? Just questions they would, they would read periodically. I think it was even like a card in their pocket, and so every time they touch it, they're like, oh yeah. Am I even looking for this in my life, or do I wait for it to smack me in the face? Am I... And again, this isn't jumping so far in that you're neglecting your family or something else, but this is a spiritual practice, and especially during this Lenten season. It's like, okay... We're busy, we've got lives, we've got passions, we're following God and who knows where he's taking each one of us into unique abilities and things. But for this season, this period leading up to Easter, we've decided as followers of Jesus that we're going to put into these, these disciplines into practice, to tap into something more, to make sure that the rest of the year then is fueled by something deeper, something more divine. Now when we start looking at this in connection with Lent, So many people you'll hear write about Lent, it's to connect with the suffering of Jesus. Oh, he he did the 40 days in the desert. He died on the cross. Like, I want to feel his pain. And so, like the food fast is this like, oh, I want to feel the hunger he felt. And you're like, no, the connection to Jesus we want to feel is the connection that he, why did he do all that? Why was he suffering? He was suffering for those who suffered. He was suffering for these that we've been talking about. And so to really tap into the suffering of Jesus, wouldn't it be to tap into those he suffered for, to understand a little about someone who's different than us, to want to have that heartbeat a little bit stronger, listen to in our own lives. It's a denial of something every day to make room for something spiritual to happen, revelation, growth, compassion to well up and to grow on the inside of us. Again, it's traditionally done by fasting something, this reading, praying, meditating, some kind of connection more, or to give or serve more. Um, today we're definitely looking at the fasting piece, and we'll look at that. But I want us to look at all of the Lenten season. It starts Wednesday um, this week, although really even for me, my practice is starting today as I go forward. Um, I'm going to give some ideas because I don't know really where else to take this other than we've looked at the scriptures, we've looked at uh, a little bit of why we would practice this together. And now let's talk about like, ideas and how would, we, how would we do this. And this is where we really need to pay attention. Like, okay, this can benefit me. This can benefit us as we're doing it together and talking about it. How does this affect me? Where should I make this happen? And I want to start with saying you really can't mess up at this. It's not like you missed the voice and, oh, I was supposed to do that and didn't. Anything is good. It's just changing something about our day-to-day life to experience something together. And so I want to talk about myself first and some of the things I'm doing, and then give it a bunch of other ideas. Um, I've been reading a lot lately um, about these different practices for Lenten times. And John Wesley used to tell any young minister that he would come across, or even someone that felt like they were called to serve beyond, maybe it was doing meals for homeless once a week, or they felt this urge to do more, that they should really be fasting twice a day, like twice a week. And I was like, man, two days a week, I've gone from zero to, um, to something else. But there, I think there's something powerful in this. And so for my Lenten season, I'm going to do one day, Thursday. I am not going to eat for probably 30 hours. I'm stopping Wednesday night, and I'll eat again Friday morning. But I'm going to take a day where I, don't, where I don't eat. I just drink water. Those times when I would have a meal, I'm going to use then for some of my reflection and meditation and see what happens. And then Easter week, I'm going to try to do the actual two days that he suggests uh, and see if I can get there. I tried when I was on uh, sabbatical last year to do 24 hours. I think I made it like 20, and I was ravenous. So we'll see how we do. 
no judgment. We're just going to go for this. Uh, but I think there's something powerful to tapping into even the food portion for me. Because in years past, it hasn't been. I've had different things come to mind. And so I've never done the food fast as part of it. Um, the next thing I'm doing this year is um, the adding the personal practices in. We're going to do a few different family dinners a week where each of us are taking turns in my house doing the cooking, sitting down in one of them, playing games together. But I also want to make room for us to invite a friend into that, someone that we're like, man, we should have this person come over and join us for a meal to, to really still experience that community, to not just have it be only about us again in that experience, but someone else is invited in. Um, I am doing, uh, there's a philosopher, Christian philosopher from Ireland called Peter Rollins, uh, who I really enjoy his writings, teachings, thoughts on life. Uh, he has an experience he's done the last three years called Atheism for Lent, where he dives into these esoteric questions that get us to really re-examine what is God to us. And then where is the religious fluff that kind of has added itself along the way? And is that still adding up to something or not? He says that, that uh, those followers of Jesus that have entered into this practice, and there's a daily something, whether it's a, a small snippet from a book somewhere or from a podcast or a little video, there's a little piece of something every day all the way up to Easter that he gives. There's some discussion room areas where you can dialogue together. Uh, John already told me he was interested in doing it with me. Um, Peter charges like $40 a person. Otherwise, the group rate is like 120 for unlimited people. So I'm like, well, okay, we're at 80 right now, John. So if one more of you wants to join us in attempting Atheism for Lent, any of you could, and you can decide to. Uh, but it really isn't to become atheist, but it's to not hide from questions. It's your spirituality and your trust in God should be able to handle diving into deep, tough questions. And it's going to open you up to be able to have healthier conversations with people around you. And I don't think anything like this should ever feel scary. Uh, when I posted it online, I'm just, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get emails and phone calls from people. Relatives are going to see this and they're going to worry for my soul. And I'm like, but I'm not worried for my soul. I'm doing it to strengthen my faith and I'm excited about it. And I think we could be too. The other thing is I really want, uh, I've done a lot of connecting with the suffering of others in the past. I rode public transportation one year, the only time, so I could learn about that. And actually, I've really incorporated, even though I hated it when I did it, I've incorporated a lot more public transportation into my life. Now, you just run across the most beautiful people on the bus. Um, but I'm going to go, the week leading up to Easter, my final thing for Lent is I'm going to a Buddhist service on Thursday night. Uh, Friday night, I'm, I'm doing a Muslim gathering. On Saturday, I'm joining a Jewish celebration, and then we'll have our, our Easter service. I want to worship with other people who are worshiping God that week and see what I can learn from that, taking us into our Easter celebration. If he died for everyone, if he's been speaking to everyone, if they're all in this together, there only can be something I can learn from that. If you'd like to join me for any of those, let me know. I'll let you know where I'll be. Uh, but that's what I'm doing this year. I really want to open my eyes to see people differently as Jesus did um, and still find out where there's those little religious stones that like to hold on and drag me back because of something going on in my life. Other ideas that I think uh, you might like. Oops, I guess I had some. 
Uh, yeah, maybe it's the fasting for grab a day a week and fast and see how it goes. Or dr- grab one day during the Lenten season and try it out and see what it does for you. Uh, maybe fast your phone for one day, two days. Maybe it's the weekend you're getting rid of that device that hangs on your hip. Uh, Again, this is a spiritual practice, so we're inviting God into this and to see what we would learn. It's not just for the sake that the phone is in your way or whatever, and, or maybe you're in love with it. It's, it's setting aside something that we actually do spend time on to make room for something else. Uh, advertising is one that I've really liked that people have done in the past. They will not, uh, they avoid commercials, advertising, things they're throwing, advertising their face. I had one friend who, who needed to read a magazine as part of his work who did this, who would give it to his wife, and she ripped out all the advertising in the magazine, which got down to like a few pages left so that it wouldn't even be that. But even some people use the moment they see advertising as that reminder to be like, okay, who's hungry? Who's wandering in my land that needs to be welcomed? Who's, it's, it's almost that, uh, that chime, that reminder every time we're seeing someone wanting from us that, no, I'm not in this season about me. It's that, it's that you can use advertising as every time you see it to let your mind drift to someone other than you and what needs are out there and what's going on. Um, media is a great one to get rid of. I think we don't realize how much time we spend watching things, uh, reading articles, lost in social media. And so maybe this fast is one that will open you up to something different. Uh, I've heard of some people doing gossip fasts um, where they put some kind of gossip or even negative thinking, some kind of bracelet on. Uh, and every time they notice that they're entering into gossip or negative thinking, they, they will just switch wrists just in that sense of like, oh, I'm doing it again. You know, like, I didn't realize how many times a day I get caught in those off-ramps. And they're like, it just brought an awareness to how they were living their life differently. Uh, other ones, and those were things to maybe fast from, other things to maybe add for Lent would be uh, maybe a, a book of daily reflections. I should have brought the ones that I, I have two that I read every day. One is by Brennan Manning, uh, Ragamuffin Reflections. I really like his. One is by a pair of old Catholic nuns that, are nameless in it and written, I don't know when, but is beautiful daily um, readings. There's other good ones out there. Just something to get us tapped into something here. Take on something uh, for 40 days. Maybe it's uh, letter writing, writing thank you letters to people who meant something in your life or people that you've disconnected with that you want to more. Maybe it's asking questions from people in your life who are different than you that you want to learn more about. Maybe it's 40 acts of kindness or phone calls to someone who's important that needs to hear from you. Uh, maybe we take it to prayer and, and every day you find someone different or, every week, or just maybe even you just keep on the same person until someone else, their name crosses your path. God puts someone else in front of you and it's like, okay, this is the next person. Now I'm going to spend time every day praying for this person. Maybe it's someone who looks completely different than you or maybe bugs you or you, maybe it's more than bugs you and they need to become your Lenten prayer. Um, maybe it's getting to know your neighbors, baking a pan of brownies or muffins or bread and bringing it over and making sure that uh, there's a little card that says if they need anything, you're always there for them with maybe your cell phone number or email or somewhere that they can get in contact with you. And so you, you make that physic, 
physical connection with them again. If it wasn't so frickin' freezing in Minnesota, I would say have a barbecue or something, but Lenten season for us does not lend to barbecues. Unless your neighborhood is like crazy outdoor types that think it's great to barbecue at four below, but you know, which may be. Um, Another part is learning about a particular social issue. Maybe it's immigration, maybe it's human trafficking, racism, the environment, education going around, child poverty. What where is there something musing in your soul that says, this issue keeps coming in front of me and I don't know enough about it. I need to learn about this. Well, maybe this season is that season where you take to learn more about that. And then maybe we need to take that a step farther and, or not maybe, I'm suggesting you take that a step farther and donate towards whatever cause that is and even find a way to volunteer. Uh, maybe if your normal volunteer practice was something you did quarterly, maybe you do it weekly during this. Or maybe even... Um, an extra time or something. Like it's, it's stepping up from our normal routines to add something and to see what kind of awareness it brings us, how much closer it brings us to the heartbeat of God, which is getting closer to Him ourselves. Um, serve a meal at your local soup kitchen. It's amazing during this season, even the Easter week lining up to it, the conversations you can have. Because when you serve at most of these Places I do it at the Salvation Army when I serve food usually. Um, I like the way they do it because you serve and then you go sit at a table and you talk to people and you hear their story and you hear what's going on. And We used to volunteer at a place called the Family Place in town. I know some of you have. And conversation was awkward there. It, it just it didn't seem right. But for some reason, when I go to the Salvation Army, everyone wants to tell you all about their story, what's going on. It just seems like a more neutral playing field. Maybe because their families aren't surrounding them. Uh, but it's worth, it's worth trying. There's one on West 7th that the people who run it are amazing and the people who show up are just open hearts. And again, it's not what you can maybe bring to them. You brought them the food, but maybe in the listening portion, it's what you can learn from them, not what you need to teach them. Because I think there's something about switching how we're doing things here that's going to cause something to be different during this season. Um... The last thing, we always try to bring it back to a we as a community. I think there's something really powerful about we doing this together. I would love if something came up, even the smallest idea of what you can add, that during our prayer circles today that you share what, hey, I thought of this. I might try it out because it lets other people in to your story. You don't have to give them great reasons why, but we're in this together and I think there's something powerful about us being in this together. Not just us, but us tapping into a global practice in Christian faith, taking a season of our life to take a little bit, a step back from me, 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 and to look at what's going on around me, what's going on. But all this prepares our heart to be able to celebrate Easter together, to have this celebration of the divine coming to earth to do everything in his power to make sure that we would be connected, that something beautiful would start on that day that would reverberate through our time and get stronger and stronger and stronger. And how are we tapping in to that story. How is that story getting stronger in our own lives? I'm hoping this season does that for us. Let's pray. I'm interested to hear what discussion will be like today. Uh, Jesus, we just need your help. Lead and guide us as we're entering into this Lenten season. We ask that each and every one of us, that you would stir something on the inside of us that we can either take out or add or change that will disrupt the daily normal of our life to cause us to learn, to grow, for compassion to build, to have eyes and a perspective to see the world differently as you see it. 
I just thank you that as we practice this together, that this would be a season that we find ourselves even growing closer to one another as community. We just ask that as we dialogue and discuss and worship and have the rest of our Sunday, that these words and these moments of entering into this season of Lent would just take us forward into something new and special and great. In Jesus' name, amen.